Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. What's up, Chap? Welcome back. Here we are. Yeah, we are. Every week we're here. <laughs> where else would we be? I don't know. Where else would we go? I don't know. Where? Orlando, that's where I'm going. Yeah, you're about to be in... Two days. Oh, Disney World. Uh-huh. Well, Hanging not out. in Disney World, but... I mean... The city of... The city of Disney I ain't going near Disney World. They woke. Yeah, they, they've changed quite they a bit. They have lost their minds, their leadership. It's so... I mean, doesn't it make you sad... It's like there's no, so not sad. It makes me sad in terms of like obviously the the way of the world, yeah, but also is. like my family had such a great time at Disney World. Just like the kids, like the just the just doing that, the joy of it. Yeah. And now it's like I'm probably not going to go back. I've never been. You know. And I mean, maybe it'll. You should go Universal. That's different, right? Yeah, but I've been. I mean, I have been to Universal in a long time. It was a long time ago since I've been, but. Comparatively, they're not the, they're not quite the same. Some people like Universal more. Well, I mean, I guess I'll have to get used to it. Yeah, you will. Bush Gardens is fun. Yeah. I mean, it's Tampa. It's closer to It'll be fine. Anything in the world. But it's just, that kind of stuff just. Y'all could go up to Marie's neck of the world and go to Cedar Point. That uh, that's quite a bit away from where Marie's from. That's Come on, top like, of the state. Oh, wow. Kings Island is where Marie's from. Never heard of that. Yeah, it's in Cincinnati. It's another kind of Bush Garden style, you know, theme park. They've got a few like the fastest roller coaster in the world, and they've got the Beast, which is like the oldest wooden roller coaster in the world, which is no fun to ride. Like it's it's, it's there for nostalgia, but you ride it and you get beat to death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay, I don't want to go back on that ride. There were just stronger men back then. We should tear it down because I mean, if you ride in the back of that one, the key is either get in the middle or the front. If you ride in the very back cart, you feel when you get off of it, you feel like you've been punched in the ribs and the back, and like I mean, it, you you feel like you've been in a fight. Wow, it, it's not fun because mm. <laughs> all the shock absorption, you know, in the right. back. So, anybody ever goes to Cincinnati, goes to Kings Island. If you ride the Beast, get in the front cart or somewhere in the middle. Don't get near the back. All right, free advice. Amusement. <laughs> Speaking of amusement, we had. Not amusement. We had muse, amusement. <laughs> amusement is without musing. Musing is to think. Okay. We just finished a three-hour amusement session. Okay. Like think about a museum, right? Yeah, a I'll museum. give you that. I'll give you that little play on words. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So we had some time to muse over the topic of leadership. So yeah, why don't we both? Leadership our, specific to yeah specific to men. You know we had our men's night. Um, uh, we have one of every other month uh, gathering for the men at the field church. Um, we kind of try to couple you know uh, every other one do one that's more amusement, just hanging out and building friendship. There you go. And coupled with ones that are more amusements, <laughs> where it's learning. <laughs> I'm just trying to go with your analogy. Um, and so for this one, we did a seminar 
night. Uh, Pastor Sam um, did the honors and led us in three <laughs> seminars on biblical manhood. And he laid it out, man. Specifically leadership, what the Bible says about leadership and really the call to lead, the need for men to lead was the name of the mm-hmm. seminar. And we recorded it too. If anybody yeah. out there missed it, you definitely yeah, check it out. Those. Look it up Same on our website. Hard on preaching it, was, this. it was great. And, uh, we so needed. And, and like you said, I mean, Sam did a great job of just looking through the Bible too. And it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the call, like why God designed men in the first place to be the leaders, how that, uh, impacts in a healthy way, the church and the home. And when men do not lead, all the issues that come with that. From, yeah, those statistics were scary. Yeah, and it's true. I mean, we, we deal with those statistics here at Nehemiah Project all the time. And um, just the fact, the mere fact of fatherless homes or when fathers are presently absent, I like to say, where they're there, mm-hmm. but they're not. Do we even have statistics for that? You do, it's usually more in the form of abuse and neglect. Probably only when something goes bad. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, most of your criminal rates, drug rates, mental health issues, when you look back, most of them have broken families or fatherless homes. Yeah. I mean, just straight up. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's such a needed call, but especially in the church that the way God designed it, is for men to lead and to teach and to lead their homes and lead their wives and lead their children. What's so sad that it's absent in the church is that God was the one who designed it the way he designed it for Mm -hmm. the man to be the leader. Mm -hmm. And we see that. And that's what Sam showed as Mm you walk through scripture, where, as you always say, Mm -hmm. man and woman are equal in value and in their image before God, but different in roles. And the man's role is to be a leader. Right. And it's clear to see, but the fact that that's absent in the church is so sad because God is the one who created that, and the Christians should be the one listening right. more than anyone else. And it's more than just an indictment on um, cultural Christianity in today's age, where majority of those that lead within the church are women. And it's not because, and a lot of times it's not even because they want to, it's just because there's no men who are leading, so they end up stepping into the roles and doing it, you know. I think they do want to, though. Well, they do want to in terms of, like, obviously the curse, the women want to take the role, but a lot of times there's no men who are doing it. Like, there's a lot of women that if men men were stepping up and leading would be happy within the church to follow their leadership. It's not like they're resisting it in a lot of cases. It's just there's no men around to even lead. Right. Um, And men are content to ignore that. And women are not. Mm-hmm. Now, is, I love the last session that was really from the book of Nehemiah, the first five chapters. Yeah. Nehemiah is a G, man. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, that's why we named yeah, the council ministry. Yeah, I see now. Um, I do. He knew mm-hmm. what was up. Yeah. And just the the characteristics of how men are called to lead within the church, to have that internal motivation, to take initiative, to invest in others, uh, to have an indomitable spirit, meaning not being able to be overtaken easily, not immovable, and um, to be indivisible, to to seek unity, to invest and bring people together. Mm-hmm. Um, if we see that within the church, 
Um, and within the home, same similar thing with how to lead the wife. And and I love how Sam put it. It's, you know, you see it clearly in Ephesians five, but the number one role and goal of the husband is to sanctify his wife, that she would be um, more godly. At, than when you found her, pretty much. Yeah, from when she meets Christ, right in heaven, she she's, should be holier than when y'all got married, right? Yeah. And that's that's like your number one job, you know. That's pretty cool, and uh, that's a that's a very awesome thought, you know. And I love it too because it's like I don't know. I think you say that in modern mm-hmm. culture, and people are like, oh, it's so old school of you, old right. fashioned, so sexist of you. Mm-hmm. Just call the man the leader, but like, look at our job. Right. It benefits you. Right. <laughs> like, we're basically servants right. of you, even though we are the head of the family. Right. Our job is to serve you, just like Christ served the church. Right. Cause the sanctification comes through the washing with the water of the word, like to serve by teaching and reading the word yeah. and encouraging the word and loving you well. Like, it's not. It's all good things. It's not leadership as the world paints leadership of domineering right like i tell you what to do when to do it how to do it yeah that's not what the bible's prescribing it's it's that servant leadership that christ displayed to the church and um yeah so great night um i'm really praying and looking forward to seeing how god uses it it was awesome to see 50 of our men show up tonight um to to sit and spend the time with this um we had some fun. We had some good wings and some good fellowship in between. It wasn't, oh, yeah. wasn't all just sitting and listening, but um, I'm excited to see how the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and and we see that um, play out within our church. Um, yeah. And hopefully see it impact the community. I was talking to somebody tonight. They were like, man, I wish more men could hear this and all those things. And like, oh, when when is it ever going to be um, that the the majority become leaders and i don't know if we'll ever be the majority when in terms of the world but god always brought about his kingdom and his movement through a few men mm-hmm. you know um so just excited to see how god's going to use this within our church within our families but then also within our community yeah good deal well now we're going to look at one of our psalms i've yeah. chosen for us psalm 11 just as a reminder um, as we're doing this because we're looking at how the Lord Josh can't feel stirs up affection <laughs> rightly. Well, no, I think this is a, I love doing this with you because this is right that our affection should be stirred up and motivated by belief, by yes. right doctrine and right Absolutely. teaching. That it's not about emotionalism. It's not about sensuality. Um, as we see within a lot of church culture. But it's about right, right belief and thinking, uh, produces, uh, right affections. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so great about the Psalms, the book of Psalms, mm-hmm. is that David, who is a type of Christ, I just noticed mm-hmm. this today. Antitype. 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 That's what, that's what they yeah. call him. Yeah. Antitype is like a lesser version of, or a picture of, a shadow of, was the like Christ, Christ, like the opposite. No, an, antitype is is like the I, the sem, seminary term, I guess, that I learned throughout seminary. Oh, but, in that purple book I was reading, it called it the type. Type, um, you, type, type and shadow. Type, yeah. It's late though, so you could be 
It's definitely Wrong? no. It's definitely the term that we were talking. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, but I'm cool with just type. Point is this: <laughs> you were talking last week about uh, Hebrews four and mm-hmm. ten that Christ has experienced all of our pain and sufferings, and so we have a great high priest that can sympathize. Right. So was David. Mm-hmm. David went through a large range spectrum mm-hmm. of life circumstances and dealt with them all in a godly way that we can now see his example and then and that's why they're in the psalms because a psalm the psalms is an instruction booklet on how to worship Mm -hmm. and sing praises to god yeah and we have all of these emotions from david which were right emotions Mm -hmm. and um and how he dealt with them and processed Mm -hmm. them and we have um, really, this is biblical counseling, bro. I can't believe you didn't know that. Sheesh. <laughs> uh, but this is the counseling book of the Jews, right? Yeah. This is what they had. Yeah. And so it's so good because it gives us such a, a wide range. Yeah. Um, um well, yeah. let me read the Psalm, uh, Psalm 11, and then you start walking us through it. Sure. Psalm 11 says, In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. Let him rain coals on the wicked, fire and sulfur and scorching, Wind shall be the portion of their cup, for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. So what we're seeing here is in verses 1, 2, and 3, a temptation. And then 4, 5, 6, and 7 is a source of courage. So David's source of courage. So if you have fear, Mm -hmm. if you have doubt, or if you are in need of courage, Mm -hmm. this is the psalm for you. Yeah. So in verse 1, he says, In the Lord I take refuge, how can you say to my soul? Someone is tempting David with this advice. And you see the rest is in quotations. So someone else is telling him this. Flee like a bird to your mountain. Right? This is Mm -hmm. self-protection. Saul was hunting him and they told him to flee. Yeah. And he said, no. How can you tell? How can you say that to my soul? Meaning... He had deep concern here, mm-hmm. right? This this reached down to David's bowels. Mm-hmm. For behold, the wicked bend the bow. This is just showing danger. They have fitted their arrow to the string. That danger is imminent. And they to sh- or to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, this foundations uh, means basically justice, Right. Saul is perverting justice in the kingdom because he was an evil king. And so those foundations of how righteous men mm-hmm. will be dealt with, which is favorably, is being shaken and destroyed, right? So what can the righteous do in that case? Mm-hmm. Well, the question that that David would probably answer with is, what can't the righteous man do? And that's, right. that's from Spurgeon. And so we see in these three verses this temptation to flee like a bird to protect yourself to hide from danger to be afraid to have concern for yourself and to uh, fix it in and of yourself 
Yeah. But David hints at, at the very first line in the Lord, I mm-hmm. take refuge. That's the choice. And that makes sense that David probably wrote this during his time where he's fleeing from Saul. Cause you, you see in first Samuel many times where his men were even like, you have an opportunity, like take the opportunity or. Which I don't know if that, cause that's what Spurgeon said, but he mm-hmm. was fleeing at that time. Yeah. So another commentator said, this was when he was in day in Saul's courts, mm-hmm. and he could have fled then, and mm-hmm. he didn't flee yet. Mm-hmm. He didn't flee until the Lord told him to flee, basically. Mm-hmm. So he's getting worldly counsel to flee, and he's like, no, why would I flee? I take refuge in the Lord. And then the Lord's like, okay, flee. And he's like, <laughs> okay, Lord, <laughs> I'm out of here. Right, right. But that's proper, right? Yeah. You know? yeah, if the Lord tells you to do it, it's for a purpose. But we stand firm until the Lord moves. Yeah, especially if it's your duty to serve mm-hmm. the king mm-hmm. you serve the king if it costs you your life you die that's courage yeah unless god tells you hey don't die i need you yeah. give me the next king give me a good king All right so that's a temptation and that's a temptation for all of us to have mm-hmm. this concern for our life right mm-hmm. we're afraid even if it's something much smaller and more trivial than what david's going through you know maybe mm-hmm. Um, you're afraid to speak up at work about something, right? Yeah, or just to speak up and hold firm to the truth of the word. I mean, the stuff we were just talking about in the beginning of the podcast, like the idea of holding firm to complementarianism, of saying that I'm called to lead and I'm supposed to be the leader of my home. Like in in this day and age, that's cancelable, right? In certain situations, you know, or just sharing the gospel and, trying to love somebody like that and being rejected for it. There's many situations, and honestly, we live in a world, the one thing Sam kind of brought up is, especially men, so weak and so, I mean, men at large are just so afraid to stand for anything. Yeah. So. We have no convictions. Yeah. And when we say we, like, we're speaking in general, there are men who do have convictions, but in the larger scope of society, most men don't. Well, and that may be how it always is, and the few men that do is the one who ends up leading mm-hmm. because they have developed convictions, whether right. right or wrong. Right? We see business leaders who are not right. um, Christians. They lead from conviction. Right. It's just too little of leadership. Yeah, and it needs to be the godly type. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, in all cases, it needs to be godly type. I mean, we're anemic, at least in American culture, with true biblical leadership. Yeah. and But that also trickles out into communities and into our, our culture or even the political scene. There's, I mean, good luck finding a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, there's very few. Yeah. It's tough. And that's, um, so that's a temptation. We hide from that leadership and really we're just protecting ourselves mm-hmm. as david was concerned down to his soul so are we it's okay to have that fear yeah it's okay to to have even a fear of man it just mm-hmm. you can't act on it you right. have to resist that temptation well encourage which david's showing here and you're about to shift to it's not a absence of fear it's fearing the lord over the fear of this world mm-hmm. it's having conviction that's what you know, Sam mentioned that tonight, you know, that it's about having principle, like being motivated by principle, not just desire, not just um, your emotions, mm-hmm. right? And David, it wasn't that, I mean, we see in Samuel, it wasn't that David wasn't afraid of Saul or didn't have like hard, like 
Saul tried to spear him one time, you know. Yeah. He just had more fear and mm-hmm. reverence for the Lord than he did for Saul. Yeah. He even went up to Saul one time in a cave while Saul was relieving himself mm-hmm. and, and cut would, a little piece off. Because uh, he would not kill the Lord's anointed. He right. Was con- he had a conviction that he shouldn't mm-hmm. bring harm to the Lord, Lord's anointed. Right. And so he just cut off a little square of his robe. Just, just to, to show, show Saul, him. I could have killed you. <laughs> so deep conviction, but also playful. Yeah. I like also that. like, I could have killed you. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe leave me alone. <laughs> he likes to send a good message. <laughs> yeah. We like David here. Mm-hmm. All right. So verse four is where it switches to the, his source of courage. And we see mm-hmm. a few examples. The Lord is in his holy temple. So by saying this, mm-hmm. I mean, the temple is a place of prayer, right? Yeah. Remember Jesus says when he turns over the tables, my mm-hmm. father's house is a house of prayer. Bo preached that message a while mm-hmm. back. It was so good. And so by being in his holy temple, he is a God who hears prayers. Right. And so if he hears prayers, he is able to answer those prayers. But then it also speaks to the Lord's throne. So, he, yes, he hears prayers, but it also speaking that he is also on his throne as king and ruler as exactly. well. Exactly. He's sovereign. Mm-hmm. And he, he um, furthers this logic by saying his eyes see. He mm-hmm. never sleeps. Right. His eyelids test the children of man. In other words, he knows everything. Right. He Which knows. Which is so comforting, too. It's like, oh, yeah. none of this is happening without the Lord allowing it to happen. Which doesn't make it fun, like if they're hard circumstances. But at least you know it has purpose. And it's not as if God isn't in control of it. He's not, or he's in control of it. And he sees Every temptation you have. Mm-hmm. He knows every step you take in courage. Mm-hmm. He knows. Every step you take away from sin. He mm-hmm. knows. He knows the level of temptation you feel. Mm-hmm. And when you live unto him, uh, you will receive that reward. And that's so great. When you live for the praise of man, I mean, they see a fraction of what you do because they don't really care about you. They only care about themselves. Right. And so it's so sad when men live for the praise of other men instead of yeah. God. They, they never get what they are, they're after, which is, mm-hmm. you know, self-adulation or adulation from other men. And they never receive what they're created for, which is God saying, well done, good and faithful servant, because he sees everything. Right. So then David continues in verse five, the Lord tests the righteous and what he means here is that the Lord will allow you as a Christian to go through afflictions mm-hmm. and he loves you. And that's why he does that. <laughs> yeah. It r- reminds us of many passages like Romans five that tells us that endurance in, in the face of suffering produces hope. Uh, James one, it tells us to rejoice in trials for it produces steadfastness that the, the Bible consistently shows how the Lord uses trial to sanctify us, to make us holy, to make us dependent upon him. Yeah. Now, there's always purpose in the suffering. And why would you want to escape his tests that he gives you, the afflictions mm-hmm. that he gives you? Because that's where the blessings are found. So right. Why would you want to escape that? Because look how he treats mm-hmm. those who are not righteous, those who he doesn't love. Mm-hmm. His soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. So he hates them. They escape the trial for now, yeah. right? Because you look around your enemies, you're like, well, their life's you know just perfect. Why can't you know, be like that? 
But here's the judgment in the end. Let him rain coals on the wicked, mm-hmm. fire and sulfur, and a scorching wind shall be the portion of their cup. And that's at that point, you would pity them. If you saw that happening to your worst enemy, mm-hmm. you would pity them. Yeah. And so when you see them in real time, even though that's not happening to them yet, knowing like they are going to hell if, mm-hmm. if they don't repent, you can pity them in that state yeah. then. And that should... That should move you to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And then he ends with verse 7, For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. So, What a great promise. We'll behold his face, speaking of heaven. mm -hmm. Eternal. Which makes sense. Verse 6 was a judgment on the wicked. Mm -hmm. And then verse 7 is the reward to the righteous. Yeah, the, the question that we should ask ourselves in the face of suffering and trial is, Lord... Help me learn what you're teaching me. Help me become what you're trying to make me into. You know, yeah. that's what rejoicing in the trial means. Like, consider it joy because I know this is producing something. Got to help me learn it. Help me see it. Which will give you so much courage mm-hmm. in whatever you're going through. Mm-hmm. That's what's what you're missing. When you have fear, when you have doubt, it's because you're not seeing it correctly. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing it through a biblical lens. The test that he's sending you through that is producing the fear and the doubt Mm -hmm. is meant for your blessing. It's meant for your growth. And when you understand that and accept Mm -hmm. that, you'll have courage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Give me, give me another one of those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hopefully uh, this song of the steadfast is helpful when you are going through fear or doubt. We pray that it blesses you. Yeah. That idea of courage. That's the right affection. The courage. Strength. Affections are deep, long lasting mm-hmm. as opposed to passionate emotions that just come and go like the wind. That are fleeting. Yeah. Um, not that we don't have those emotions occasionally, but those aren't what we trust in. The, did I say this last time? Emotions are a sign of nothing. It's from Jonathan Edwards. No, I don't think you did. Emotions are a sign of nothing. He mm-hmm. lived through a, an, uh, an awakening mm-hmm. in which he saw many come to faith through an emotional mm-hmm. experience. And he he was one of the smartest, most intellectual pastors in, mm-hmm. in his time. And he set out to figure out, if is this genuine? Is this right? Is this good? Yeah. And what he found is emotion doesn't mean it's false yeah doesn't mean it's real it's a sign of nothing right well he set out to to show the difference between emotion and affection and passions i i slightly disagree with edwards in one sense i i agree with you're way smarter than him so i'm not (laughs) (laughs) Um, i may be misinterpreting him so no i I agree with him in 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 one sense but in another sense what what we would say and what we say often, in, at least in our counseling here, is affections are an indicator of a belief. Like our emotions are an indicator of a belief. Not well, yeah, affections. but do you distinguish between affections? Yeah, yeah sorry. Okay. I meant to say emotions. Gotcha. I said the wrong word. Gotcha. But our emotions are an indicator of a belief. Mm-hmm. So they do mean something. They're representing what you truly believe. So they, they mean something. doesn't mean we should follow them. We should examine them. What about passions? Do you distinguish that? Same thing. The the heart, the way the heart's designed and built with our beliefs, our cognition, our affections, which is our feelings 
emotions and our desires Mm -hmm. and then our volition which is our will and the choice all those are interconnected Mm -hmm. and so we say often what you believe is what you do or what you believe is what you feel so if our emotions should be examined is this a proper emotion Mm -hmm. right is this or response to an emotion exactly why do i feel this way if i'm feeling anxious well, I know the Bible says not to be anxious, so that should tell me to question why I'm anxious and get to the belief that's driving that feeling. Mm-hmm. So our emotions should never be followed. They should always be examined to then be able to discover if I'm b- believing rightly, and then we repent at the belief level. But right affection, belief always drives right. emotion. So in the sense of uh, right affection is always driven by right belief. Right. So that's true in the terms of like, in the way Edwards is saying, like they don't really mean anything in terms of... When he's describing more like, so he would be at a service and he'd be preaching the gospel and people would Mm -hmm. be like fainting and falling out and crying out. Right, exactly. And And he would say that's a sign of nothing necessarily. And I would agree with that in terms of like, it's not like... It's like someone in a church service... Feeling, lifting their hands and feeling like, all passionate like that right. isn't, that's cotton candy could be good really, right could could be genuine could be not could not be it doesn't prove anything so all i would say is it does prove something if you examine it to see why you're doing it is this for worship or is this for self yeah you know what i'm saying so that's well, where i guess I'd be different. but his verbiage is emotion is a sign so yes not that, that it doesn't mean anything but it's not a sign yeah I agree with that. Of anything in particular. It doesn't mean God's doing something in your life. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean he's not doing something. Exactly. Yeah. That's I all do he's agree saying. with that purpose of it. Okay. Yes. Well that's all he's saying. So I'm just I'm I just, think. I'm just differentiating. I mean There's there's like different school of thoughts on what Edwards meant because he wrote like a smart person. Yeah. He's I mean, I like I like Edwards quite a bit. Big Edwards guy. Um but just saying that it's just helpful for the listener. You should examine your emotions. Like if I'm feeling a certain way, for sure, I want to know why. Like, am I feeling this way because I'm believing a truth, and I'm this is what the word says? Like, is this right emotion stirred? You know. Or? But the fix is not to develop more passionate experiences mm-hmm. with the Lord. It's to develop deeper affections for the Lord. Yeah, because and those come from belief. They're exactly. long lasting. Their conviction, mm-hmm. um, their foundation is a conviction, mm-hmm. and they will lead to life change. Absolutely. Because it requires such a deep belief. And one thing I would say too, just for warning's sake, is you know, Satan, he is given some rule and reign in this world by God. Um, why God's done that, we don't know exactly, but it is. we know that's true from Ephesians 2 in many places. And Satan's desire is to pervert and destroy everything God created. Yep. God has designed it to be if you think about your heart, to be believe the right thing, obey the right thing. So believe what God says, believe truth, obey it, and our affections are grown in that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's a fruit of the Spirit. Like the the right affections is where we can see that whole scripture connected together, even from Psalm 11, right? Like those affections are grown because it's the Holy Spirit inside of us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You know, those, those are a fruit. Those are different, um, um, branches of the same fruit or whatever Mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit. 
So those are right to, those grow as we obey the Lord. Mm-hmm. Satan flips it. What does the world say? Do what you feel. How do you feel? Do what you feel. What you feel is right. If you feel that way, it's right, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that works because what do you notice most? How you feel. Yeah. And then, and then act on how you feel. And then let's not even really think about if we believe that or not. Right. Or why we think that. Right. Just do what you, do what you feel. Thinking's hard. And that's, that's confusing because it feels natural. Mm-hmm. That's why people buy into the lie so easily. Well, he's leveraging our sin nature. Exactly. To have us follow it easier. So that's why the warning is examine what you feel and see if it lines up with the truth. Trust the truth. Obey the truth. Mm-hmm. And God will change your affections. Yeah. So don't believe that lie. That's good. I think the illustration is a, a child with his mother or his father. Mm-hmm. The affections, he has affections for his mom and dad. He doesn't have this like passionate, emotional, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, when he's very young, maybe. But over time, he develops deep affections for his parents. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't wake up in the morning and run to him, you know, when he's, you know, 11, 12 years old. I don't know. I feel like this analogy is breaking down as I speak, but <laughs> I'm trying to follow you. I just thought of like a kid and a I know parent. what you're saying. Like, like you, you love your parents. Affections are built over time. Right. But, you know, and that's not a bad analogy because the Lord is. I need to work on it a little bit. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to give you. I'm not the best illustrator. <laughs> All pain, right. Well, pain by numbers here with Josh Miller. <laughs> okay. Well, Psalm 11. If you guys got a uh, psalm request, (laughs) like a a song request, (laughs) then send it in and uh, check us out on Spotify. We got a new, um, we got a new podcast host, Anchor, and uh, they're really loving Spotify. We'll have polls on there that you can answer and questions and all that good stuff. So check us out and thanks for listening. We will talk to you guys soon. Later. Thank you for listening to the Change Up Podcast. This podcast is made possible by The Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. If you don't have a home church, please come check us out. We have service times at 845 and 1045 on Sundays. And you can find more information at thefieldnola.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people just like you find us.